to what degree are people in your life pressuring you to change? If people are pressuring you to change a lot, it means you've abdicated responsibility for yourself. You see, if I'm monitoring myself and I'm using my awareness to do what we're talking about, right, then I'm paying attention to what's going on and the impact I'm having on people. If I don't do that, or when I didn't do that, then either my family was saying, what's wrong with you? You have a problem with alcohol and other drugs. Mm -hmm. Or society was saying, by the way, you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to walk down the street drunk like that. So honoring yourself is sometimes seeing the things you don't want to see. It starts right here, deep in your heart. Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most. It starts right Welcome back to Start Right Here. I'm Tom Rutledge, and I'm always glad to be here with, with my friend and colleague and, you know, pretty much just boy genius, uh, Dr. Alan Berger. Hey, I Alan. thought you were going to say sidekick for a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, I'm the sidekick. No, no. Like I'm riding on the range together. We got two of your horses out. No, I, well, that may be, but I'm fully aware that I'm the sidekick. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm Gabby Hayes in this outfit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, sometimes, sometimes I... I feel like a Gabby is. Uh, <laughs> that would never have worked. Just two Gabby Hayes's. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we've just lost. Together. We've just lost every young young <laughs> listener. <laughs> no idea of what we're talking. About. Well, that, but you know what they're doing. If they give a shit at all, they're googling who Gabby Hayes is, and so now we, we've enlightened them. That's so if you find out who Gabby Hayes is, uh, this is the, the uh, trivia part of our program. Um, find out who Nellie Bell was. Yeah. Yes, there you go. That out. There you go. Those <laughs> historical quizzes. <laughs> well, you know, we're, you know our, our, we're doing our second part of the, the, the which is kind of weird to me when we say a second part of a healthy relationship with our, with our authentic selves, when in fact, if we're doing if we're doing our job right, every damn episode we do is is that topic. It's like it's un- hopefully the foundation, the underlying of that. But but talking about it specifically, and it's like and uh, as often as the case, even when I at the, in a session, a therapy session, sometimes the, the, what I'll find is what we might joke about walking into the room and sitting down and and starting the session uh, turns out to be t- turns out to be something that's kind of relevant to this and and. And, and this is in that sense, because we're starting off by being, you and I are being playful. It's one of the things that we found that we have in common immediately. I think when, when we, when we accidentally worked together yeah. is that we were, that we were, we were both playful, that we both uh, were not particularly concerned about, um, um, I don't know, not order, but schedule or, or, you know, protocols. We just kind of want, we're both wanting to kind of do what we feel like doing in the moment. Um, and, uh, and then we bounce off each other really well. And definitely part what I've learned about myself and in, in authentic self is, is that 
that kind of learning to accept that kind of flexibility, that kind of um, almost inability, it really feels like an inability to be more, to be anything anywhere close to structured to the point of rigidity. I mean, I mean, like, and I'm not saying that as a negative thing about me, but I think I spent many years trying, spending time and energy and money trying to change certain things about myself. And some of them were about how I organized my thinking, how I presented things, how I wrote books, thinking I needed to be this organized guy. I had this idea. You always talk about this, the idea of what I thought I was supposed to be. And and it was like, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that far off. It was what people tend to think of like, oh, if you're going to do that, you need to be disciplined. You need to do this stuff. And I worked, worked so hard to be those things. And what I, you know, and I've changed many things about myself, but I realized in my, probably in my fifties, I think I began to realize there were some things I had been paying good money and spending a lot of time trying to change that were simply just me. Yeah. And that examples of that, can you? Well, well, uh, well, okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one example would be, would be something I was just working on. I just was reminding myself before we went on the air here. It's like, it's like, um, when I'm doing any kind of presentation, when I'm doing any kind of talk, that kind of stuff, I cannot, I cannot work off of any notes. And I have always tried to do that. I can, I don't know, I less and less so all the time, but certainly when, when there's, you are involved in, and um, and Patrick, our producers, involved. I, you know, I think, okay, well, I, I get that voice back that says I need to be, I need to be more organized. I need to have this kind of stuff. But the idea is, I'm just realizing before we came on the air, I thought, no, I, I got to remember that the moment I put something down in a note, and while I'm while I'm in a process of a conversation like this, whether it be talking to you or whether it be talking to an audience, if I'm if I'm doing a presentation, in the moment I look down to my my notes. I have lo- I have actually shifted out of the part of me that is engaged with other people. So one of the things I've I've learned that's that's one one example of that. The, the other, I mean, and just to generalize on that, it's like it's it's like I really do just shoot from the hip. It's you know it's a, it's, it's that old Butch Cassidy clip I sent you <laughs> a long time ago with Robert Redford. You know, it's it's like. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, I, I do, you know, he, he can't shoot something when he's, the, the, the clip is when he can't shoot something when, when the guy just says, hold the gun and shoot, you know, and, and he can't do it unless he's drawing, you know, from, from his holster. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not really trying to think I'm, I'm Robert Redford, but I, I identify with the idea that it has to be something that is more in motion. For, to work for me and I, and so anyway long way around the block oh, no, but that, I have tried like hell to change that about yeah. me and you and you discovered that about yourself and you just accepted it well I, well but it's what I'm saying to you as the example is no that's been a very hard thing for me not not to accept like it's I think it's a bad thing it's just like there's just this idea that I have had this idea that I should be do, doing I should be able to do it differently the other piece about that is is there's a certain anxiety that goes with not knowing what you're going to do when you when you when you start something like this or when you step in front of an audience and the truth is i can have a general idea what i'm going to do but but i can't know and so i actually have to trust that part of me and we talk about the various parts of ourselves and this is a part of my authentic self that i think of him as the speaker or the presenter or even the entertainer he's going to show up but, but, but the guy, when I find out what, the reason, the way I took care of my anxiety or do try to take care of my anxiety, it's a work in process, is that I, 
I got to remember that the person, the part of me who gets nervous, if I have a speech to do tomorrow and I'm all nervous about it, the part of me that gets nervous is going to be nervous because he doesn't know how to do it. And this makes, sometimes I think I sound crazy when I'm saying this to this extreme of the, the separate personalities, but the person who is nervous is not the person who's going to do it. The guy who's going to show up and do it always shows up. Now, to, to, for a humorous point, it's interesting to me that, that uh, he, he, I think he thinks it's funny to leave me standing out there for about a minute and a half mm. in front of an audience before he shows up. You know, like, he's, never, he's never there early. Never there early. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I've never, I've never had a time when – so you tell me, doctor. Is, do I sound crazy when I'm saying that? Well, I, that's it's beyond <laughs> bad diagnosis. <laughs> we haven't found the right diagnosis for you. We're still searching. I've got the uh, DSM-5 out, <laughs> toiling through it for hours and days. And still, Lots of highlighting. <laughs> you're unique. There's definitely quite unique. There, there's something special on that ranch that's going on. That <laughs> Maybe an alien. Thanks. Thank you. You may be an alien. That's <laughs> probably the closest we're going to come. Okay. Uh, you are there's probably living proof that the Egyptians were visited by aliens. And not only did they build pyramids, but they seeded the population with aliens. No, we with don't strange. want any conspiracy theories here because there's enough of them going around in our in our society today. There are. So let's try to stay a little grounded. So, you know, look, this is such an important discussion. And even the process that you were describing, I was I was sitting here and I, w I was reflecting on it. I can relate so much to that. Is that there's these things? It's 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 so interesting. I was doing a presentation the other day, and I was talking about is how with all of these unenforceable rules we have that we put into a relationship. I, I was saying we don't have relationships. We take hostages. And I, I put up the next slide, and the slide comes up, and the song "You Can't Do That" starts playing by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. um, what's it go like second time I saw I saw you talking to him if I have to tell you one more time I think it's a sin I'm gonna you know yep, got it. let you down and leave you flat so it's a threat right so what right, the guy right, is right. doing now when I was 15 right. I thought John, Lennon, John Lennon wrote a lot of threats by the way oh my god <laughs> And when I was 15, I thought this is like one of the best love songs. So it's the self I was back then was so immature. <laughs> that sounded like the thing to do. You're going to have to keep your woman in line and threaten her. And if she's talking to someone else and she's, <laughs> you know, she's your property, you've got to put down the law. <laughs> and I thought that was the way you're supposed to be in relationships. That's well, that's that's true love. That's absolutely. That's true love, man. Yeah. It, was, it was true nightmares for the gals that's that right, hated right. me back then when I put those when I did those numbers on them, and right. I did. I mean, I I look back at right. those relationships. I'm chagrined at my behavior. Right. I mean, it right. was. I was so immature. I was so possessive. I had so many rules because I was so insecure. You know, that the only way I thought I could hold on to someone was to put them in, in a ball and chain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other piece you're talking about is, is, is you also had, it was a, 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 talk about a non-authentic part of you. It was like, you were thinking, this is, I'm getting, I, I'm getting my advice from 
from you know uh, John Lennon on on how to how to be the right guy in a relationship. As much as I'm a fan of John Lennon, but but it's like I'm pretty sure that's not the guy we should ever go to for relationship advice. No, I love his yeah. songs, and, later, and he matured too later on. But but it's it's but it's so interesting at that point. That seemed to be like the reality of things, right? That's yeah. the way that I was supposed to be, how things were supposed to be, what I was supposed to be like in relationships. And now I look back at that, and like I said, I'm embarrassed. I, I, you know, I need to make a lot of amends to my girlfriends from back in those days. Oh, about, God. You know, what a, what a lousy guy I was. I mean, in terms of not respecting them and not making any room for them in relationships. But that goes on is that same thing I did to others was also prevalent in my relationship with myself. Right. All of these rules, like you started to talk about, I should be this way or I should be that way. If I was this way, I'd be okay. If I'm this way, I'm not. And, and now we start to, to enter into one of the, I mean, key elements of a healthier relationship with our, with our self, our authentic self. And, there's two ways to say it. One is honoring ourselves. The other side of that coin is refusing to have an adversarial relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now they're both true, right? They're both good mm -hmm. ways to get to a healthier relationship. But the honoring ourselves is what you're talking about is that you start to see how you function and you start to realize, you know, I'm, this is the way I do it. I don't do it well the other way. And I'll just accept that this is, how I do it and I'll go with it. There's mm -hmm. other things that we're going to run across in our life. We're going to say, Hey, I do it this way. I do it pretty good. I'm going to try to work on this other side, but it'd be good to have that. Like if we use tennis as an analogy, mm -hmm. I'm a good baseliner. I don't have a very good net game. Mm -hmm. Well, if I want to expand the range of possibilities, I need to start coming in and that I need to start learning how to volley a little better, mm -hmm. right? That's the evolution, but I don't ever want to give up the fact that I'm a baseliner. Right. And, right. The compassion, the compassion is, is not, is, is the difference when you're, when you're honoring yourself, what you're talking about is your, is, is your, you're expanding. And so what we always talk about is like, it's like, it's like, you're not, you're not trying to, to substitute. See, that's, that's the, that's the key for me. I, I need to be this instead of that. Yeah. Instead of expansion, instead, not substitution. You right. There's no, if we go, if we, you know, play tennis and take it back over to my side of the court and I go like, so there, if I decide I, I, you know, like I really would like to be able to, to I'd like to do a short presentation just and based on an outline and be able to actually pull that off. Going like, do I think I could do that? I probably could if I really set my mind to it and if I wanted to do that. Maybe I'll now, even based on this conversation, maybe I'll do that sometime and, and just to see that I can do it. However, the attitude toward that is just, it's, it's, a, it's a new skill set. It's like, I want to I see if I can do it. It's like, and, and, and the compassion part also is to, is, is to understand that when I actually say it that way, because I've become quite literal in my language, uh, my intrapersonal language, which is if, what do you, what's your goal? My goal is exactly what I just said. I want to see if I can do it. It's like the old days would have been, I would have said that, but what the goal would be, I need to be, do this masterfully yes. or else I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a failure. Like the guy in my head tells me it's yeah. like, no, it's, I, I would like to see, you know, because these days, and I can honestly say this, if I, so if I, when I decide to do this, I can tell I'm deciding to do it. When I decided to do some kind of thing where I'm working off of a, off of a outline, and I come back to you, whether we do it on the air or whether I just am talking to you sometime and tell you, hey, I did that thing. It's like, I know as I'm sitting here right now, if I say, if you say how'd it go? And I go like, 
Oh, it didn't. It's, it's, it's like, I couldn't do it, man. It's like I had, to, I abandoned it after the first you know, two minutes and, and just start, started jabbering like I always do. It's like, okay. It's like, do you want to try it again? Maybe, maybe not. It's like, but the bottom line is what I haven't done is I haven't used this particular idea of a, of a, some kind of specific, really arbitrary skill set to define if I'm a good person or not. Yes. If I'm good enough. And, and we're always doing that with, I mean, people, you know, we, you know, like, why does that, why does that matter so much is the question I ask of a lot of these should monsters when I'm working with my clients is like, why do you think that matters so much that you be good at that? Yes. You know, and sometimes these people are really good at it and even though they, they hear that they're not, but even if you're not, it's sort of like, why would that be important? Now, what we're not saying, and I, and I want to say this, so if somebody's out there and you're going to use this to justify some shitty behavior, we, we, <laughs> want, we want to poison that well real quick. Let's <laughs> do that. Absolutely. Let's that well, because I, I know my little scheming mind. If I'm out it's there. Just, it's I'm just myself. It's just the yeah, that I am. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to accept this. I just drink, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Else. You're absolutely right. You know, and, and that's the danger of some of these things because mm -hmm. they, they break down when we talk about that stuff. So, look. When we're talking about honoring <laughs> yourself, we're talking about honoring yourself where you're honoring yourself and you're honoring others. And it's yeah. not about being yourself at everybody else's expense, right? That's right. what a narcissist does. Right? That's it. Right. And we're not, we're not advocating neurosis for narcissism. I mean, we're not advocating you giving up one to become the other. What right. we're saying is, is that when you have a healthy relationship with yourself, then you're honoring a lot of different parts of you. And one part of us is that part that wants to cooperate and be of value to other people, right? That yeah. if I stay aware of that, then it's not just about what I want and what I need, but it's also about what my partner wants and what she needs or my family or whoever I'm in relationship with. And, but what Tom and I have said time and time again, and we'll keep coming back to this, is that if I'm in my best self, then I'm going to cooperate with integrity. I'm not going to lose myself in the cooperation. I'm going to honor myself in that cooperation. I'm going to include myself in it. So if you ask me to do something and I really don't want to, what I'll do is I'll talk about the dilemma. I really like you. I care about you. I'd like to do it, but I'm just not moved. Can we talk more about it? Maybe I can talk myself into it if I hear how important it is to you. That's what we strive for, is to be in a relationship with that way. Well, not only with others, but with ourselves at the same time. Right. Right. No, that's, it's exactly right. It's, it's, um, it, um, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody earlier today about, uh, about uh, uh, the idea of self, about self-compassion, about self-forgiveness. And I was, I was re recalling the, I was saying I was with New Harbinger, New Harbinger publications for a little while back in the 1900s, 1990s is, is, uh, and I love those people. I don't know if you ever worked with them or not, but I love those people at New Harbinger. There was, or they were, at least they were when I was there. I love, they, they taught me so much, but after I finished my first book that they had asked me to write, which was self-forgiveness handbook, before they even found out how much it was going to sell, these people came to me and said, which was a great compliment to me, said, do you want to write another book? Mm. And I said, 
Yeah. It's like, you know, they said, what do you want? And it's like, and they asked me what I wanted to, because they, they had come up with the idea for the first one. And I said, you know, and I, and I came up with exactly where we're going right now. I said, you know, the other side of the coin here to self, self-forgiveness, self-compassion is self-respect. And it's like the, the two, the two don't ex- One doesn't exist without the other. And it's like, so I, I wrote uh, the next book I wrote is, is uh, earning your own respect. And it's like, it's, it's uh, probably still one of my, it's probably maybe my favorite book that I've ever written because it's ultimately about this measurable thing that it, we're, that you're talking about, which is, which is, I don't know how to, I don't know how to measure love. I don't know how to measure self-love. I don't know how to measure love. Okay. But, but when you're talking about respect, Ultimately, it comes down to, number one, being fully aware at any given time in your life, and it will vary according to where you are in your life, what your, what your value system is. And I'm not talking about just the general value system of don't kill anybody for no good reason. I'm talking about things that matter to you, things that matter most, like the name of our, our pod, uh, podcast. It's like, like and that'll, that'll be different when we're different ages in our lives. It's different now than it was when we were, when we were 30. It's like, like, but knowing what that value system is and then the daily practice of living as congruently with that value system as you can. And it's like, so, because when you go to, when you go to the warning to the, to the potential narcissist who wants to say, say, Oh, I listened to that podcast and they said, honor yourself. So, you know, that's just the way I am. It's like, well, if, if that's the case, then what, then what you're saying is my, my, this is how fucked up my value system is. And what I care about most is me. And so so maybe, maybe we, maybe we could even say you're doing it. You're being congruent with your value system. You know, it's like, you know, we don't like you because you're doing that and you're probably not going to have very good relationships if you're going to do that. But that's not the, that's not, I mean, that's the exception. People who are, certainly people who are going to come to see us in our, in our work, people who are going to tune into this podcast are people who are not like that. People, it doesn't mean they haven't been assholes because you and I have, you know, we both are recovering assholes among other things. It's like, it's like, but, but it's, it's important. (laughs) I mean, otherwise we're not drinking, but we're still, you know, being an asshole. It's the dry drunk, right? It's so, so the, but the idea is know, know what's important to you and live According to that, you use that as an example of like, maybe I, I mean, it took me forever to learn in a relationship. I can do something. I can say yes to something just because my wife asked me to do it. And she, and not because, oh, how, what a great guy I am that I'm going to do this anyway, but I'm doing this for me because I know she likes doing this. That's right. No, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, look, a real measure about this is how much, to what degree are people in your life pressuring you to change? That if people are pressuring you to change a lot, it means you've abdicated responsibility for yourself. You see, if I'm monitoring myself and I'm using my awareness to do what we're talking about, right? Who's driving the bus, right? If I, mm-hmm. if I keep the right guy driving the bus, then not one of the other clowns or jokers or mm-hmm. that, that, are, mm-hmm. that are on board, right? They're in mm-hmm. back of the bus. Oh, they're, all, they're all there, yeah. They're yeah. all there, right? So if one of those guys, then I'm paying attention to what's going on and the impact I'm having on people. Mm-hmm. If I don't do that or when I didn't do that, then either my family was saying, what's wrong with you? You have a problem with alcohol and dr- other drugs. Mm-hmm. Or society was saying, by the way, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to walk down a street trunk like that. You're going to sit mm-hmm. in jail overnight. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I wasn't monitoring my behavior. 
So everybody else was taking responsibility when I wasn't. And that's something. So honoring yourself is sometimes seeing the things you don't want to see. And the way I say it, Tom, to people is only the best in you can see the worst in you. If you're looking at the worst in you, that's the best part of you. If you're owning that, if you're stepping up with that. So when we say have a healthy relationship with yourself, we're not talking about being perfect in some way. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more taking responsibility, being responsive to yourself, learning from your mistakes, right? Trying to overall act in your behalf, right? In your best interest. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that we're looking at. And what, I don't want anybody out there to think we're painting a picture of that you have to be perfect to be healthy. No, and, and you know, and no, quite the opposite. I mean, the, the, uh, this, you know, basically, as we've as we've talked about in in the, the I think the the episodes previous to to this about perfection, we did two of them on curse of on, on, on the curse of perfection. It's like the idea is, I mean, that's a, that's a setup for self victimization. I mean, right. so go back and you know, if you haven't listened to those those, there's it's curse of self perfection one and two. I think there's just two two episodes that are by that title, and I think there's some really good stuff there that that's about. It's not so much, it's not like, oh, dear, get over it. You're not going to be quite perfect. It's like, no, we're radically imperfect by nature. And that's not even, if you're looking, if you're looking in that direction for that's how you're measuring how you're doing with life, you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah. That, that's not what it's about. This, this is, when you're talking about integrity, you're talking, we're talking about self-respect. We're talking about being as fully present in the moment and owning, owning whatever's, whatever's showing up. It's like, and that's very often the darker sides of our personality. It's when you were talking about that, it reminds me of what I, I run into many times. First of all, for myself, I can, I know this from my own personal therapy, but working with, with people who basically, if, if they have parents, for instance, that, you know, um, that, that have, have negative characteristics, uh, that, that people, that they go, I don't ever want to be like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom, that kind of stuff. And, and um, I, th- I think it was Sheldon Kopp in, in, in his book, Back to One, that, that, and this is a paraphrase, but I paraphrased it, I think, in a rather clever way. It's like, uh, it is, is, uh, he basically says, for everybody who ever feared that you have your parents inside of you, relax, you do. You know, it's like you do. They're there now. That also means that the the if there are good parts of your parents that you have, that's fine. Those are those, we have those too. We like to honor those, and I don't because people get into feeling disloyal when they're in therapy talking about their parents, and right. and we we might talk about that sometime. I'm gonna write, I'm gonna make a note that, that that disloyal stuff about talking about family uh, is something we should plug into some place in what we talk about because because it becomes a pretty big obstacle for people. Yes. Uh, looking at themselves, but but uh, but one of the things that, that you know the way I just I, I'll just say it how I say to, to clients if I'm self-disclosing a little bit I'll say it like look you know I don't want to not be aware of the negative aspects of the my parents that I know I have that potential inside of me because it's just like not being aware of my alcoholism or my self-hatred or any of these other things I'm recovering from it's like it gives them the advantage to sneak up on me it's like you know, I, you know, and the way I tell it is I know from experience in my life that I can be as depressed and 
angry and mean as my mother. The, the darkest parts of my mother. There's lots of other parts about my mother, but that was, there was when her depression was that way and it was really scary. Um, and I know that I can be as shame filled as my father. I have been in both of those places. So rather than, rather than feel bad about those or feel ashamed of those things, I need to know, no, I take responsibility for the fact that I have that dark, you know, the shadow, Carl Jung, the, 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 the shadows. It's like, I take responsibility. Those are things that I, my job is to, you know, keep, keep away, you know, from, from basically driving the bus to use our metaphor that we're, we're, we're using quite a lot is like, they don't get to drive. You know, I can feel them. I'm aware of them. I hear them. They can even drag me down sometimes. But what I do, what, part of what I do with my value system is what I don't do is I do my very, very, very best for them not to, to impact other people in my lives, my life. It's, it's like the idea is now that doesn't mean I isolate with it. It might mean I need to call you and talk to you about it if I'm having a hard time or talk to my therapist or do something like that. But it's like before what would happen is I wouldn't do anything about it. And all of a sudden I would be in, you know, what we used to call with my mother, her moods. So I would be in that mood and everybody in the, in the damn house, I promise you, everybody in the house could know it. You didn't even have to be in the same room. You could feel that energy and it's heavy energy and it's controlling energy. And when I realized that I had, I had basically, I had the capacity to do that. That was scary, mm. you know? And it's like, and I, I, I'm proud today to say, I know I have the capacity to do that. Just like I could go out and, and, and drink if, if, you know, if I didn't take care of myself, sure. it's like, those are things I could lapse back into. Those are, th those are still that, that part is still an authentic part of myself. I just need to be responsible for it. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. No, that's and And so I, I just really want, you know, you, you know, those people that are listening to us to get this picture is that, is that having a healthy relationship means really being committed to your ongoing growth. And yes. the growth means is, and I like what you said about expansion, not substitution. Always. Right. That's such a good thing because good therapy expands somebody's consciousness. There's no question about it, right? And and so does a good recovery program, so do the 12 steps. I mean, there's a lot of experiences people have that that, you know, you know, create an expansion of consciousness. But well, think about think about the word growth. Growth means bigger. Yeah. It's always you're always expanding. Growth does not mean substitution. Yeah. 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 And look, and a big part of growth is digesting when you've made a mistake learning from that lesson and not beating yourself up. You know, I was, you know, one, one of the things I do is I got certified as a, as a tennis pro a number of years ago with the United States Professional Tennis Association. And on Sunday mornings, I do this workout with Carl and I do the sports psychology part of it. You know, and one of the things that we talk about over and over again is how if you're on that court, and you're out there judging yourself. So th this goes back to the inner game of tennis. Yeah, Tim Galloway. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. very hard for you to function. Is that you need to leave. What I said to everybody today is let's walk outside, and we're going to all put our critics outside defense. They can sit out there and they can watch us play, but they're not very good on the court. <laughs> right. we got to leave them off the court. we got to come on the court and let them do whatever the, those idiots are going to do out there. But we got to come in and let that go, and we got to just show up and, and let 
see what happens without that critical voice in our head, right? And everybody was laughing. I mean, they were just, because everybody related to it. I hope hope you warned them that when they left, the inner critic was going to be waiting in the car for them. I I forgot to do that. (laughs) They're going to yell at me next week. They're going to get so pissed off. Now, that's that's just a good question to ask them if if the next week is to say, don't don't even give it away. Maybe maybe you did such a good job they didn't do that. But it's like, was anybody's inner critic waiting for, for them in the car? Was, have you ever, did you ever come out of Disneyland at the haunted house? And I've never been back? to Disneyland, oh, man. So you got to hit. So I got to tell you. So <laughs> when you go in this, cause it's totally fits with what you're saying. So you go into this ride and you're in this little car with two or three people, right? Mm-hmm. You're going through this haunted house and there's these ghosts and it's, it's an amazing visual thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the Disney Imagineers did an amazing job. So on the way out, it says, be careful who you're taking with you. And then your car swings around and you look into this mirror and then you're sitting there and you're whoever you're in the car with. And in between you is a ghost. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I mean, that's the critic that everybody. I love that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever, whoever did that been to some therapy. (laughs) I think so. So everybody left with a different ghost, you know, when Mm -hmm. you're even the ride, it's really a lot. It's a great thing, but you're right. I mean, that part of us, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget when Dr. Mary Goulding was working with this therapist who was so critical of himself that, that he couldn't say anything to his patients because he was afraid he was going to say the wrong thing. <laughs> and as she got into this thing, it turned out that that critical voice was his dad's voice, right? Yeah, yeah. So she says, listen, I think it's best next time when you walk into your office that you stop for a minute and you say, Dad, you sit out here. And you go in and do the therapy because your dad was really never trained as a therapist. That's beautiful. <laughs> it was a great intervention with them. And you can pick him up when you leave. And that's what she said. He'll be waiting for you. Don't worry. When you leave, you can take him with you if you, if you need him around to, to criticize you. But you don't need him in the therapy sessions. He's not helpful. <laughs> well, you know, Alan, I, and I hope this I, – I, I don't hope this doesn't take us off on something but because it's an association with that that I think is – worth talking about because it's 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 very technique specific it's like because that something as simple as that you know the you know i was talking on the thursday group the other night about about my my uh, critic telling me that what i do is too simple and and i have that thing it's like this is one of those things where it's really important to to realize that a lot of times the 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 power of this work is in its simplicity and when you said that, 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 that simple thing of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a funny thing to say, leave your dad outside, he's not trained as a therapist, but it's the actual therapy. It's like, it's, I, I remember when, when I was in therapy and learning to, to stay in my adult self when I was talking to my parents. Because, you know, when, you, when I would talk to my parents, I would instantly regress to a kid. Yeah. I didn't know that I was until my therapist pointed that out. But my feelings were, were you know, I hated. It was, just, it was scared all the time. And, I was, you know, I was like, at that time, I was in my 30s. I mean, I was a grown person. It's like, but was she, she uh, we were doing inner child work. And, and my therapist had me, uh, before I would get on the phone to my mom, because she lived in, uh, there's no such thing as geographic, uh, 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 there's no such thing as geographic cure, but I did discover by moving away from my family, there was such a thing as geographic improvement. Yeah. It's like, so I had, moved, <laughs> I had moved away from my family. It's like, but, but so before I would get on the phone to my, to my mom, usually, because dad, I had the traditional dad that wouldn't talk on the phone, he would hand it over to mom. 
is I would, t I would look at my, I would get down in a little visualization, see my inner child. And I would say, I'd set him down to play and just say, just imagine him playing over on the floor somewhere else in the room. I said, I'll talk to her. So I said, I'll, I'll do this. I got this. Yeah. I, I remember it was on some of the early, early inner child work I'd done. I, I thought it was pretty silly. I didn't, but I, did, but I was, you know, I, I believed in this therapist. So I was doing what she said. And I didn't really realize how good that was until the day I was talking to my mother. And all of a sudden I felt this thing in my chest, this desperate feeling of just this. I just felt sick and just like I felt like that little kid and I realized I'd forgotten to do the visualization. And, and so I held the, I literally held the phone away from my, my head and, 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 and just closed my eyes. You could do that with my mom because she was just complaining. And it was like, I, I, all I had to go back to is go, Oh, it's okay. It's like, um, but, um, but when I did the visualization, I came back and I felt better. It's like, and so that's one of the things I think is really fascinating when we start to realize it's hard about, about relationship to the, to this, to, in our, to our authentic self. When we talk about that decision maker that we talked about in, in, in a recent episode too, I'm not going to remember where they were, but it's, but we're talking about making that decision maker driving that bus. Like yeah. we were talking about with the woman who had, who had written to us about, about her driving the bus. Um, you can make decisions about stuff like that. You know, you, you can be in charge. It's like, you don't, you know, I always say this, there's a big difference between being in control and being in charge. We're in control of almost nothing, you know, but we're in charge of everything in our lives. We get to choose what to do. Yep. It's, you know, and so, so that's, I love that idea. So you can, you can, you can look at somebody, you can look at that bully in your head and it, it takes some practice because the, you know, because the bully's not going to, they don't go, these guys don't go quietly into the night and they fight back. But you, but you practice, you find out, first of all, what does it feel like to you to stand up to that bully? Yeah. What does it stand, what does it feel like to you to say, you know what? I don't care. You know, which is, I think, a more powerful thing to, than to argue with. You know, it's like you're, you know, you're, you're an incompetent piece of shit. It's like, okay, all right. You know, and one of the things I learned, the most powerful thing I learned about that was, I remember one time I did it in a, in a role play with a friend of mine where I finally just said to that bully, it was my friend who was reading the lines that I had written myself and I was just, just crumbling underneath all that, the weight of it. And I remember looking up at him and I just said, I can feel it in my body still today. It's like, you know, I said, you know what? I don't care if everything you're saying to me is true. I don't care if I'm the worst, worst motherfucker on the earth. It's like, you're not helping. Yes. There you and that, and that became a mantra for me and it remains one to this day. And I, and I share that with clients often. Is that helping? And it's like, it, it's like, you know, let's see if it, you, we can, you know, we can battle this out and I can help you see that that bullshit is not true. And I like to do that. I like people to know that they're being lied to about themselves, but ultimately to be free of these guys, you don't even have to disagree with them. You just got to realize you're not helping, you know, because I, what I think is on a real practical note, if I'm a really bad, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm an, if I'm an idiot, I want to get busy today and be a little bit less of an idiot. Yes. I want to work on it. I want to get, I want to get better. I want to do better. It's, it's like, you know, and if I can do better then my self respect is in a little bit better shape at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, that's right on Tom. What do you think we should do next time? Huh? You got a topic out of this one? 
Um, God, there's so much. It's um, why don't why don't we do this? Why don't why don't we go? Um, why don't we talk a little bit about the origins of, of some of, of these characters in our heads? Okay. Because I said that about the disloyalty to family and stuff like that. Because oh, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's family. Let's, let's go with that disloyalty thing. Because, you know, one of the things I thought of is that so many people, when they admit that they have a problem, they feel shame about it. Oh, it's yeah. That there's a certain loyalty to an idealized image of yourself that has to be, has to be shattered. So let's do that. Let's, let's okay. make loyalty. Let's talk. Oh, about that's good. Cause you're talking about, I, I'm talking about disloyalty to, to family. If you're talking about family, but you're talking about disloyalty to themselves and even to just their, 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 their identity that they have come up with along the way Which or something. Which comes out of the family too. That twisted it is, that, loyalty uh, stuff, right? Okay. So I think that'd right. be a good one. All right. So listen, how do they learn about your work, Tom? Go to my website. It's uh, TomRutledge.com. I, I have an H in my first name. I always point out Tom, TomRutledge.com. And uh, uh, all information about my books and, uh, uh, and some free, lots of free downloads, things like that. Uh, our 12, our 12 uh, video ser- episode video series is on there, uh, along with some other uh, podcast interviews with me. And... Um, yeah, lots of lots lots of good things. So I even have I even have T-shirts and stuff like that. I sent you a T-shirt not long ago. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's stuff there too. Mm-hmm. Very soft cotton. I know those are great T-shirts. Aren't Maddie, they? that's Maddie's favorite sleep shirt. She good. sleeps in it all the time. I, I know. Mean, yeah, because I don't want I don't want to make T-shirts if they're not nice T-shirts because because oh. I, I live in T-shirts like you do. Oh. It's yeah. like they got to be good T-shirts. Yeah. So you can learn more about my work at at my website, abphd.com. That's www.abphd.com. And so we'll look forward to chatting with you next time. We'll start right here. Start right here about what matters most. That's right. All right. Take care, everyone. It's a spiral, not a circle. goes round, round. Look in the mirror, trust the reflection Deep in your heart, start right here That's where it starts